Welcome to the Daily Writer Podcast, where we bring you tips and inspiration each day to help you build habits for writing success. For more resources, including your free Daily Writer Starter Kit, visit dailywriterlife.com. Have you ever tried to gather all your writing and content into one location, such as a website or a collection of Microsoft Word docs or Google docs? Maybe you were trying to build up a portfolio of your work for prospective clients, or maybe you were just trying to put as much of your writing into one place as possible. If you're like me, you were probably trying to pull from some combination of blog posts, podcasts, articles on different websites, YouTube videos, documents, and more. And probably you just gave up after a while because it was so frustrating. Well, my guest today is here to help writers solve this problem of having your online content scattered all over the internet. His name is Eric Hauch, and he's the founder and CEO of Authory.com. Authory is the first automated platform bringing together all the content you create. You can take control of your content by having your articles, videos, podcasts, and more in a single place, no matter where those have been published. And you can back up your articles automatically, turn your readers into email subscribers, and find out how your pieces perform on social media, which is a pretty cool thing. And this is a genuinely fascinating and helpful resource for writers, and I've been using it for several months now. In this conversation, Eric shares how and why he developed Authory and how you can use it to consolidate your online content and build up your author platform. Now, before I get to the interview, I want to let you know that Eric has graciously made a special arrangement available to Daily Writer listeners where you can get a special 30-day free trial of Authory instead of the standard 14-day free trial. You can go to dailywriterlife.com slash Authory to find out more. And that's A-U-T-H-O-R-Y, the word author with a Y at the end. Dailywriterlife.com slash Authory. I hope you're ready for a fun and fascinating conversation. Here is my interview with Eric Hauch. Eric, welcome to the Daily Writer Podcast. I'm thrilled that we're here to talk about this product that you've created, Authory. It's not very often that I do a product-focused episode, but I'm super intrigued by the story behind how you've developed this and also your story personally. So welcome to the show. Glad to have you. Thanks for having me, Ken. I really appreciate it. And yeah, it's it's an honor really to be able to uh, show you guys what Authory is all about. Cool. Well, let's dive, let's dive into first the origin story of this. And, you know, like any, like any good person or good thing, it, it has a story behind it. Sometimes we don't see what that is. We just see the final product. So I'm curious if you can walk us through how you developed this and I guess really why you developed this tool for writers. Yeah, absolutely. So we basically started out with um, something that was rather different from what you have today. Um, initially, I actually um, started this myself. So I'm not a programmer, um, but I, I was on my favorite news website. I saw an article of a journalist I really like, of a writer I really like, and it's a it's a busy news website. So okay. I realized if I came to that site like 10 minutes later, I wouldn't have seen the article. And I was wondering why is there no way for me actually to be notified if my favorite journalist has written something new? Hmm. There's stuff like Twitter and even back in the day, that was like 2017, there was obviously Twitter, but Twitter, you got so much noise, right? There's, yes. it's, it's not just the articles um, that I'm seeing from my favorite journalists. It's a lot of other stuff. Plus, so we don't even know who owns Twitter right now. I mean, is, we, it, is it that's, Twitter that's people? Is it yeah. Elon Musk? Like who even is in charge of it? I'm just kind of kidding, but. Very true. Very true. So that's something I can definitely tell you, Authory is owned by us and us only. That's a plus. Hmm. 
But yes. um, going back to the origin story. So um, I was wondering, you know, why isn't there a tool that directly connects me? There's Why isn't there a gateway, basically, between readers and writers? And I thought, let's build this. So I've had some experience with startups before, and I know that, you know, especially if you're not a programmer, um, building things in the tech space can become quite expensive quite quickly. So what I did is I actually contacted literally hundreds of journalists, hundreds of writers before um, finding a developer, paying him or her to actually, you know, do an MVP, do a first version of, of what was to become all three. Um, and that was really interesting. So I had lots of interviews, either written or, you know, on the phone via Zoom um, and talked to journalists and was like, is this something that, you know, would be interesting for you as well? Is this something that, you know, you, you might want to pay for? And they said, yeah, sounds great. But to be honest, I also, if, you know, you have all my content in one place already, I'd also like a backup of the content. Mm -hmm. And couldn't you also host my portfolio page? And what about um, analytics? How, how successful my content is? Could you tell me about that? So there came actually quite a list of stuff from the interviews. Um, and then I, I started to sort of refocus. And we the, the very first version that I then sort of paid for out of my own pocket was um, very basic. It's, it's nothing compared to what Auth3 is now. But it got the basics in the sense that it would find the content that the writer publishes, no matter where it's been published, put it into a single place, enable readers to subscribe to that content, and at the same time, give the writers a backup version of said content. Mm -hmm. So this was like the, the very initial version. And then, because I'd talked to so many journalists and writers before, um, I approached them once the initial version was ready, asked them for feedback. At the same time, I did have my first customers because they were happy with the product and they started basically paying for it. Hmm. And um, yeah, this is how it came about, basically. I think it's fascinating how you had this idea, but then instead of developing it and then trying to sell it, you <laughs> talked, did you, did you say literally hundreds of journalists yeah. and writers? So I, I, to be honest, you know, as I said, in the past, I, I was involved in a number of other startups. And one of the biggest mistakes that I've seen is that people just, you know, they have this gut feeling or they have a, a personal sort of itch, can be both. And then they're like, yeah, the world does need a solution for just that. Hmm. And they spend a lot of time and money and resources on it. And then after, you know, some years, they find out, well, to be honest, there are not many people that really need this. And I didn't want this to happen. So um, that's why I thought, okay, if I'm really paying for this um, with my own money, so if I have to develop a, a prototype with my own money, um, then it should be sound, right? It should be something that people want. And yeah, then it was pretty much code calling journalists, so to speak. Um, you know, one big benefit is um, you don't have to look hard for their contact details. So, you know, they always want to be, <laughs> they, they want to be uh, talked to. So I was talking about something different than they usually want to talk about, but still, that was at least a plus. No, I'm curious. I don't want to get too granular into this because I, I'm I'm kind of a geek about research and those kinds of things. But I'm curious, as you were talking to journalists, writers, and others about developing this product, how did you actually keep track of all that feedback? Did you do it in some type of a spreadsheet or a database? Or how did you, where did you put all that stuff? And how did you make sense of all this different feedback that you were getting? 
Yeah, I actually uh, created a spreadsheet um, just to keep track of, you know, whom have I talked to already, um, who hasn't replied yet, this kind of thing. And then what I also, along the way, when I realized, you know, my initial questions were either, you know, do you want to have a call or alternatively, um, would you do a quick survey um, via email? And then I would basically email them the questions. And then I realized this becomes too big. So hmm. um, I, I started using, I, I think back in the day, it was SurveyMonkey um, to yeah. actually create surveys and then have this in a more structured way that I could more easily compare uh, uh, answers also. Okay. Um, so it was a combination of spreadsheet and SurveyMonkey, basically. And as you talk to people, did you start to sense similar themes and what people were saying so that you could kind of see patterns and you could see, okay, this aspect of what we want to develop, this is really important to people or Maybe you had a random person over here who said, I want this feature, but nobody else said that. So you can kind of dismiss that or put it off till some kind of a later version. Is that sort of how that transpired as you did these conversations? You started to see patterns and things that most of the people wanted? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's definitely, you know, if, you, if you're just having an open conversation with a, with a writer, with a journalist, and you ask them, so this is like my basic idea, what do you think, what else would you need, you know? You get like loads. I mean, there are lots of suggestions going in all kinds of directions. And the, the tricky thing was figuring out, yeah, basically, as you said, you know, what's the, uh, what's the common bit here? So what are all of those people interested in? And even if they describe the, the problem they have in different ways, what's basically um, the same root? What's the same root cause here? And could we develop something that helps? So this, this kind of, we want backups, we want a portfolio page, and um, we want that everything works, works automatically, basically. Okay. That has been a very recurring theme, definitely. What has been some of the feedback from writers who are using Authory in terms of how they're using it to maybe connect with clients or build their online reputation or their credibility or their authority? What are some of the really tangible benefits that come from people using this tool? Yeah, that's actually a good point. So something that, you know, um, we, which is kind of a challenge for us um, when uh, trying to spread the word about Authory is that many would-be customers can't even imagine this uh, a solution like Authory. So what right. our software does, what our, what our platform does is... It automatically finds our content, no matter where it's been published, no matter when it's been published. Then it goes to these places. So that can be publications, that can be blogs, that can be any website, basically. And nowadays, even included social media. So it goes to these places, gathers all your content, and puts it into one place. And this is something that, you know, many, they wouldn't even think that's possible. So they have like, the uh, they have like the, the the problem that the pain point that they are aware of. I need to back up all all the articles I've ever written. I need yeah. to back up all the stories I've ever written. So they're they're aware of this pain point, but they're not aware that there is a solution that could do that automatically. Yes, right. So coming back to your question, what I would say, um, the feedback that we get is first of all, there's a major wow. That's actually doable automatically that's possible without me having to you know give you guys any input put any work into this myself um so in that regard we get a big wow for the whole thing being automated mm. that's probably like um 
we, we call that sort of what we want to create is when you log into your auth account the first time that you have this sort of magical moment where yeah you know for the first time in your life you see all the work that you've done during your entire career in this one single place you know the the funny thing about all this or one of the one to me one of the funny things about this is i remember when i set up my account this has been a couple of months ago soon after we had initially connected and i kind of got i don't remember how this happened whether it sent me an email or or whatever it was but it was showing me all the stuff that i had done online you know over the years and i was like oh my gosh i totally forgot about most of that stuff cuz i've written for various online publications and edited for some of those and and whatever and you don't really re- if you've done this for a while you don't realize how much stuff that you put out there and then you you think oh i remember that piece or i remember that piece and you think wow I could reuse that again, or that can have a new life or something. So there's something really, really valuable about kind of having a little, I don't know what you call it, a little, a little um, sort of a little trooper on your behalf going out there and collecting all these things um, that are distributed across the internet that you've kind of forgotten about. So there's a lot of value in that. Yeah, and I, I like the idea of, of uh, being this trooper that does that job because, you know, at the end of the day, what we always wanted or what we always want still is that we are sort of leveling the playing field. So you got on the one hand, you got usually you got big publishers, you got big publishing platforms, you got social media networks. And on the other hand, you got like lots and lots of individual creators who put their, they pour their heart and soul into the, the content that they create. Right. Right. But to, to, quite an extent, they're sort of at the mercy of the publications, of the publishers, of the social networks. And what we try to do with Authory is give the individual creators um, back some control over their content. Uh, As in, you know, as you said, you've got it all in one place, you've got it all backed up, so it doesn't matter anymore what happens with the uh, original publication, what happens with the original content. You know, if it's deleted, you still have your backed up version in your Authory account. And it's it's you know it's pretty sad if if you, at the end of your career um, you realize that you know there's not much to show for because by now so many publications they merged they went bust their CMS moving right. happens you know, it happens a lot and it happens more than people think so this is just one aspect the backing up bit but having everything in one place um, yeah it's you know it gives it shows appreciation to some extent. And this is what we want. Now, what about ownership of the content? Let's say that you, let's say, let's say you write some articles for an online publication that in your agreement with them, they own the content and you don't own it. That does happen sometimes. Obviously it's still going into your author account. Then is that, that's the author's responsibility to then use or not use their content according to the rules they set with the original party. Correct. To some extent, correct. But to be honest, this has been a point that during my initial interviews came up over and over and over again. People were like, well, that sounds awesome having all my content in a single place and what I can do with it once it's in my author account also sounds awesome. But to be honest, either I'm, you know, staff or or freelance working for a number of customers. Am I even legally allowed to, to use author? You know, isn't that against copyrights? So before writing a single line of code, what we also did is talk to lawyers. And that is why we have set up Authory in a way which is very clearly separated between public and private. So all the 
backed up stuff that I was talking about. That's all in your account privately. So it's only you who's got access to those articles, to those videos, to your podcast in full. And you decide what you want to make available to the public. So either it's just a preview. And, you know, if, if I come to your portfolio page on all three, I click on an item and you said this should just be a preview, then I am being forwarded to the original. So I'm going straight to the publisher. Or you say, you know what? That doesn't even exist at the publisher anymore. Possibly the publisher doesn't exist anymore. So, you know, then there's no question about copyrights anymore. And then you can make your private version public on all three. And um, yeah, you still have like proof where you published in the past. You know, that actually happened to me a few years ago. The very first book that I wrote was a super, super niche book on the Evernote productivity app, which I've used for many, many years. And it was a book actually for pastors because I used to be a pastor. It was on how pastors and church leaders can use Evernote. I mean, talk about like a niche book (laughs) for a niche audience, you know, like nobody, like I think like 15 people bought the book or something. (laughs) But that publisher stopped doing the book and it was just a digital book. They stopped doing the book a few years ago, because I, I searched for it one time and I couldn't find it online. I was like, what happened to the book? And they were kind of shutting down that division of what they were doing, which is totally cool. But they generally just gave me my book back. They said, hey, we're not publishing this anymore. You can have your book back. And I was like, hey, that's cool. And I wish that more publishers thought of it that way, because writers really need to have as much control over their content as possible. And I love, and I know that you know, all three is kind of like an intermediary in, in some regards where you're consolidating and housing that content and you don't have any control over the writer's relationship with the publisher. But I love the fact that it's at least it's all kind of housed in one location and writers can look at their stuff and know, okay, I own this or I don't own this. And it's so helpful to see it all in one place, at least the stuff that you can find online. You know, and I realize if you, if you have something in a a print journal or a print magazine, obviously a digital tool can't go and search that out if it's only print. Exactly. So regarding the non-digital stuff, what we what we offer is that, um, you know, you can import PDF documents into your author account. So Love you can that. get at least a sort of snapshot of what's what's available in print only. So that's definitely something we do. And, you know, going back to this point about um, uh, content not being available anymore, articles not being available anymore, if you have, if you're a writer and you've got this nice looking portfolio page and then people click on a content item and they're being forwarded to a 404 page because it's just not available right. anymore. That just makes you look bad, right? It does. So it's not only about having control of your, of the content that you created initially, but also, you know, what that looks like. You should always look like you're on top of things and it doesn't quite look like you're on top of things if items from your portfolio linked to 404 pages, right? right. This is why right. this is a really popular feature really with our customers, this ability to say, okay, for the stuff that's available, that's online with the original publisher, click on it on your author portfolio and you redirect it there. But yeah. for the stuff that's not available anymore, click on it on your author portfolio and the copy on author will open so that, you know, you've got for any visitor to your portfolio, you've got this seamless experience really. Yeah, I love that. Well, as we start to wind this down here, I, I want to kind of broaden the discussion out just a little bit. And I'd love for you to share kind of what your heart is for authors and writers and writing in general, because this is a tool, obviously, that helps writers. It's all about writing. 
And I love this because you're serving writers in an important way. And I think both of us, you know, would probably agree writing changes the world and writers can change the world with their words. Why else would we write if we don't want to change people and help them to transform or bring about some kind of change in the world? So where does all this kind of come from uh, as far as what you believe about writing and the power of words? Yeah, very good point, actually. Um, so I have to go back quite a bit to, to answer that question. Um, when I was studying, um, I, like everybody wanted to do investment banking, consultancy stuff. And so I studied business management, right? That mm -hmm. is um, what everybody wanted to do back in the day. And I did as well. And I applied uh, for internships at a number of investment banks and for some reason or another, didn't work out. Then by accident, I saw an ad by the Financial Times. And at that time, I thought, well, you know, it's not an investment bank, but it's, it's close enough. It's to do something with financial stuff, right? So I applied for that job and I got it. And although I was obviously not a writer, I was on the managing side of things. Um, yeah, I kind of got the bug. I saw the journalists, I saw the writers in the newsroom. Um, I saw what they were doing every single day. You know, it's very energetic work. It was, it was really an eye opener for me. And mm. since then, um, I've been fascinated by writing, by journalism. And even though, you know, I myself, I'm not a great writer, so got to be honest there. Um, I thought, okay, I want to do something in that area. I want to do something that possibly, you know, helps writers, helps journalists. And uh, I really narrowed down on, on something that is helping individual writers and journalists. So with the other startups I was involved in, you know, it was software that we offer to publishers, things like that. But okay. what, where my heart really is uh, in is for the individual content creator, the individual writer. This is great. And I, I just appreciate your emphasis on that because Again, I think writers make a huge difference in the world. And obviously publishers are important, companies are important, corporations are important, but it's really those individual artists and writers who are crafting those books, those articles, those blog posts, those podcasts. They're the ones making it happen in terms of actually creating the content. So I just wanna, for whatever it's worth, just affirm you're doing really important work in the world. And I love this tool and I'm excited about it and I'm uh, thrilled and grateful to help get the word out about it. So Eric, thanks for taking time to be here on the show. How can how can our listeners get in touch with you and find out more about this amazing tool, Authory? Yeah, sure. Um, so it's available online at authory.com. So that's author and then uh, at the end, y.com. Um, and we have a 14-day free trial. So anybody can try it without any strings attached. Um, plus, you know, we are still a small company and I'm very hands-on. You can get me anytime at uh, eric at author3.com via email. Um, and yeah, you know, we are very, very open for any sort of feedback. And I'm very happy that I was uh, on this podcast. Really appreciate it. Awesome. Well, it's been my pleasure. I'm so glad that you got in touch uh, two or three months ago and we were able to chat and then have you on the show. So thanks again. This has been a blast. Thank you, Ken. Well, I hope you enjoyed my chat with Eric. Maybe this is the first time that you're hearing about Authory, and if so, I really encourage you to check it out. It's seriously a really interesting and helpful resource. And when I did my conversation, uh, when we recorded this uh, a little while back, it dawned on me that why hasn't somebody thought of this before? It's such an obvious, simple, and elegant solution to a problem that all writers have. You know, we all have online stuff. We've written for probably other websites. We have blog posts, social media, videos, podcasts. 
all this stuff out there. So why hasn't anybody created this before? Well, Eric did that. He saw a problem and he created a solution for us. So make sure and give it a try. Go to dailywriterlife.com slash authory to take advantage of this special 30-day free trial instead of the standard 14-day trial. So this is a really cool resource. I seriously hope that you check it out. Many thanks to Eric for being a guest on this episode, especially since he's in Germany and we had to, uh, you know, I typically record during the daytime, so he had to record in the evening. So I appreciated him taking time out of his busy schedule running authory to chat with me here on the Daily Writer podcast. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode.